As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I do have a take. Point of contention. Uh, what are y'all talking about? Y'all hate. Stop hating. Welcome back to Point of Contention. Five topics, five minutes, five points of contention. I'm Zach Harper. We got Andrew Slick producing coming up on the show. Heat culture. Why didn't we believe in the Nuggets? Where do the Celtics go from here? Bob Myers and the Dubs and Finals Prediction. Subscribe to the new YouTube channel by searching the Athletic NBA Show. Let me just tell you this: you don't want to be last of this party. All right. That is going up right now, and you want to make sure you are here for the whole ride. Otherwise, how are you going to see Jay King like podcast in front of a Peloton he never uses? Also, subscribe to The Bounce, <laughs> a free NBA newsletter from The Athletic. Sign up at theathletic.com slash The Bounce. Hey, man, I got a rowing machine in my room. I don't use <laughs> Today is June 1st, National Game Show Day. Jay, what is your favorite game show? I don't really mess with game shows. What? Like that. What? What? What does that even mean? <laughs> I, I, I Shut don't. Up. Will, what's your favorite game show? I don't know. I'm no, no, no. Come I'm on. Not. The goat of all game shows, Family Feud. Oh, Nobody that's beats hard it. To beat, man, the that's actual hard to beat. good. When the show is good, it's great, and when the show is bad, it's also great. Just look up bad Family Feud answers on YouTube. Oh my god, you'll laugh Yo, for hours. Nothing, not like, look, it was always great, but Steve Harvey has taken it to another level. Oh, come I on! I just like it is. He is so good at that. Um, Does Nickelodeon Monster- guts count? Yeah, yeah, that counts. Hey, I'm cool with that one. Yeah. What about Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes, that counts too. Fire. Fire. Those shout are out my, those are my two all time favorites. Shout okay. out to Team yeah. Barracuda. There was that weird one too. Yeah, Team Barracuda for sure. There was that weird one too where they would like put you in you like you would play video games and then they would put you in a video game for like certain certain oh, parts yes. of the game I show. I can't remember. One. Maybe it's like Nick Wasn't Arcade that a or something. Movie like called that. The Wizard. That's a different. Well, they didn't put him in there. He just played Super Mario Brothers. In the that was a legendary Grove. movie. I love that movie. That's a great movie, by the way. It might be on Future Cinephobe if you uh, know yep, what, uh, what that's all about. Uh, mine's Supermarket Sweep. Nothing better than Supermarket Sweep. Oh. Uh, the original. No, no offense to Leslie Jones, but the original, that's where it's at. I I've never like, seen that. Oh, man. You would grab like a giant grab inflatable ketchup bottle and take it back and see if it was worth $50 or $300 like oh my god yeah you got to get those hams in the cart you got to get garden hoses in the cart it takes a little time but that coffee 
that coffee bean grinding is worth oh, it. Yes. You got to do that. Oh, man. So, I could, hold on. Hold on. So this whole... is just like people at the supermarket just grabbing groceries? That's no, the game? No, it's not. I mean... You're not strolling up the aisles. Yeah, no, they're not You're timed. Like, you have a certain amount of time to get through. There's trivia. There's, like, word games and stuff. Like, there's little races you got to do. Like, it's... There's over a hundred... Over a hundred, I think, full episodes on YouTube. So you go find it, and it's... Oh, my God. And it's incredibly dated. Like, just... it's It feels like 500 years ago at this point. Um, also, guys, grocery games. But that's a, that's more of a cooking competition than anything. But that's a great one. Uh, all right. What are we doing here? Oh, yeah. In this corner, let's see our two contestants. In this corner, he covers the Celtics. He used to be president of the Dylan Brooks fan club, and he awaits oh. the arrival of Cooper Flagg. Not Flag. anymore. It's Jay Sacramento <laughs> King. Jay, how has heat culture impacted you? Heat culture sent me on vacation, baby. Heat, heat culture, <laughs> heat culture left me with some free time. I, I was, I was back at the pickup game this afternoon. Oh, oh I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah, I'm so jealous. Heat culture is a beautiful thing. Let me tell you. Uh, in this corner, he now covers the Heat permanently because they're never going to stop playing meaningful games. It's Will Killery. Will, how has heat culture impacted you? I went from a weekend in Miami to now I'm at the NBA Finals. That's how heat culture has changed. I think I'm going to just continue to cover the heat for the rest of my life. I'm I'm never leaving South Beach. I'm just, just catch me on Biscayne if you want to know where I'm at. That's a, what a tough life going from New Orleans to Miami. Like just like, how do you, how do you make the adjustment? Did you have any plans for, for later in the playoffs? Like, like, did you have to cancel stuff? (laughs) Listen, I've told my editor on multiple times I've had the mouse hovering over the PTO, just waiting yeah. to click. And then Jimmy Butler was like, nah, that's what you thought. You thought yeah. you was going on vacation. That ain't Not happening. today, Will. Caleb Martin said, fuck your vacation. <laughs> You're never going home. <laughs> no, right. I'm just waking up at 3 a.m. to work out with Jimmy Butler now. That's my life. There it is. Got to do it. All right. That checks off the uh, banter portion. Let's get it. Schleck, start the clock. Take one. Heat culture reigns supreme. Oh, who could have guessed this? But the Miami Heat advanced to the NBA Finals after starting as the seventh seed in the East, and they fell to the eighth seed in the East and barely got through the playing tournament, losing the first playing game to the Hawks. They narrowly beat the Bulls with a just rampant fourth quarter to get into the playoffs down a point to the bulls with two thirty left in the game, end up blowing them out in the next two minutes. No one had the heat as even a finals. Can t- well, not no one like somebody had it. <laughs> somebody really smart. And I think you did that. Ironically, though. Hand- no, <laughs> 2021 was ironically everything else has been crazed belief by me uh they were 21st in net rating in the regular season they lost tyler hero and victor oladipo in round one and it somehow gave them more strength so jay what were we missing no jay what were you missing with this heat team in the regular season is anything about this heat run repeatable for other teams or is this just one of the wildest most unpredictable runs we'll ever see Going through awful stuff just makes them stronger. It doesn't matter what it is. It can yeah. be finishing a regular season close to 500. It can be losing Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo to injury. It can be Derek White having a putback layup to potentially ruin them. 
it doesn't matter. Every time they go through nonsense, they just come back stronger. <laughs> and and Jimmy Butler is self-inflicted, by the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's self-inflicted. Sometimes other other people do it. It's it's crazy. I, Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin, their emergence has been just absolutely enormous for the Heat. Duncan Robinson's reemergence, I should say. Caleb Martin just what were the Hornets doing? They let go of the wrong Martin. He, wasn't, they this, had he the, wasn't this good, though, right? Like, I mean, what are the Hornets? It wasn't ever that long ago. Though. That's a good point by Will. Yeah, <laughs> it, no, what, no, it was two years ago. Like, it wasn't that long ago. And then all of a sudden, he gets in the Heat culture. They're just like, all right, what if you were almost the Conference Finals MVP? He he should have been Conference Finals MVP. No, but but also the core of this Miami group with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Eric Spolstra is so competitive, so stubborn, so resilient that they just keep coming back. It doesn't matter if the supporting cast around them changes. It doesn't matter if they lose P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry gets older. It doesn't matter. They just they find a way to be disciplined, to stay committed to what they're supposed to do, and they're just hell to beat. Will, you you jumped on the the coverage of this team, which maybe you thought it was going to be a quick uh, <laughs> little bit of coverage <laughs> for, for covering them in the postseason, and it's obviously turned into an NBA Finals uh, appearance. At what point did you start thinking, oh, shit, there's something here? Yeah, I think it had to be when Jimmy dropped 56 on the Bucks. right? That's when it was like, okay, this guy's on a mission, this team's on a mission, and they're not scared at all. And I think uh, that's the point that I really stuck to what Jay just said is the, the, the trio of Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Bam, those guys have been through so much. Those guys have been through the playoff wars. They've been through adversity. They know how to turn it up when the lights turn go bright. And that's why I want to dead. I'm going to dead this right now before it starts next year with the Atlanta Hawks and the Timberwolves and the Bulls saying, hey, the Heat made it out of the playoffs. <laughs> hey, we can, we can go. No, no. You no, don't you have the man. playoff experience. You don't have the, the, the skins on the wall that these guys have. That's why we should have never doubted them going into the playoffs, even after a rough season, even after the injuries. When you put these dudes in a playoff environment, when it comes time to adjust, when it comes time to say, hey, mano a mano, uh, we're going to figure this thing out. Uh, the, the Heat have what it takes over and over again, and they've proven it. And, and again, everybody's going to doubt them going into the finals. I'm probably one of the people that's going to doubt them going into the finals, but we never should because these guys prove over and over again that they have what it takes in playoff games to just figure it out. No matter what, who's out there, no matter how bad they're playing, no matter if you need Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, it doesn't matter. They they just know how to figure it out. I can tell. We're going to do, we're going to do predictions at the end of this episode, but I can tell Jay's already shook. Jay's already shook. He doesn't know what to do because he's been wrong about heat culture every step I, of the I'm way. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. They, but the time you they, jump on is gonna be the time like the Nuggets smack them around and it goes away, and then they'll be like, "Why did I? Why did I believe in this?" That's what happened against the Lakers in the finals a few years ago. Yeah, I finally, I finally really believe, and it's, I believe in everything they do. It's just I, I always predict against them because. Yeah. Because everyone else shows it consistently, and then the Heat just like show up out of nowhere. <laughs> and I, I, they're awesome, man. I still go back to that that moment in the first round where they're down six with like maybe two and a half minutes left in the game. I can't remember. 
and Jimmy's just talking shit to Drew Holiday, saying, "I own you." And it was oh, a, I, it was because look, I didn't really think they. I'll be honest, I didn't really think they were gonna pick like beat the Bucks in that series, especially when Giannis came back for four. I was like, "All right, like this will get correct." Because I just I thought the Bucks were the best team in basketball. And then in that moment where he's yelling, I own you to Drew Holiday. Like, it's not like he was yelling at like Wes Matthews or Grayson out. Like, Drew Holiday. Everyone respects Drew Holiday. He's yelling, I own you. That's when I was like, oh, shit, this team's going to the finals. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I was like, this team's going to the finals. Like, this is legit. And uh, here they are. And, hey, look, we spent the first segment talking about the Miami Heat. That can be fuel for Michael Malone, uh, even though we're going to talk about the Nuggets now. Michael Malone will now take that as a slight. Hey, take two. The dominant Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets have had their feet kicked up for a while after sweeping those Lakers in round one. They've been dominant. They've been the best team in the playoffs. They looked like it. While there aren't many Nuggets doubters out there now, there were many to begin the playoffs and even to start the conference finals. The Nuggets were the first seed in the West. They had the two-time MVP and yet didn't have too many people thinking that they could make the NBA finals. Will, is it simply... Just seeing is believing with the Nuggets, or was there something else at play? I think it was, you know, probably the way they ended the season. It seemed like they were slowing down a little bit. They they weren't really caring about defense. Uh, we saw them where the West was kind of up for grabs, and they didn't really dominate it the way you would expect a team. The that the way they've looked during the playoffs, they didn't really look like that in dominating the West during the regular season. And of course, it's that they just haven't really made it this. Obviously, they haven't made it this far before, but they haven't really, you know, run well, through the West that. the way they did. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just think it's of course when you see a superstar like Jokic is always, hey, he's dominant in the regular season. We see him put up big numbers in the playoffs, but you got to prove it with the wins. And I think that's what it's going to come down to with him uh, for him to really reach that next level uh he's got to you know raise that trophy and he's got to prove he can do it on the biggest stage especially going in as heavy a favorite as he will be going into this final so yeah i think they, they've obviously been dominant throughout the western conference playoffs uh jamal murray's playing the best basketball his career Jokic is playing the best basketball his career mm-hmm. bruce brown is probably playing the best basketball his career yeah, uh, they, they've great. got everybody locked in right now uh, i think they, they've got probably the, the matchup they wanted which is you know i, I think eric Spolstra is rubbing his hands when he hears me say that uh but i think they, they've got a lot of advantages going into this matchup uh and they have a big opportunity to kind of prove everybody that they are who they thought they were right they are who yeah. all of the stat nerds out there were telling us they were for the past couple of years yeah. and you know we doubted them and you know we were wrong the same way we were wrong about the heat uh but event- eventually you gotta prove everybody wrong by raising that trophy that's how you really prove everybody wrong and, i don't and think I don't think we were wrong. I, I think it's fine to, like, we did this with the Bucks in 2021, Jay, where it was like, okay, we know your regular season good. It's time for you to, like, come through in the playoffs. And I think it's fine to, like, not force a team, but, like, at, like ask a team to, like, all right, show, like, you think you're this good. Show us. Do it in the playoffs. And they have. Like, I, I think that's fine. Like, I don't know why that's why that's doubting. And to be fair, part of it was the injuries, right? They didn't have Jamal Murray. Sure, they yeah. didn't have Porter Jr., so that hurt yeah. him as well. Yeah, it's it's it was totally fair to doubt this group and and whether they could emerge from the Western Conference. We've seen the Warriors do it time after time. And mm-hmm. so even when they had a suspect regular season, people believed in them. We've seen LeBron do it time after time. So even when the Lakers had a suspect regular season, people believed in them. We've never seen Nikola Jokic and this Nuggets team perform to this level throughout the playoffs. And obviously, they were great in the bubble. 
they came back from 3-1 twice, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But we had never seen them have the success deep in the playoffs. We It's easy to look at Nikola Jokic and think, can he hold up defensively against the very best offensive attacks? And we probably haven't really seen him against the very best no, offensive we saw, attacks yet. We saw him against Campaign and Landry Shamit. We saw him against a little bit of D'Angelo Russell. And the yeah, fucking Timberwolves. Exactly. Like, no, we haven't seen that. So we, we still haven't seen well, it. But this it, Heat team's not the best offensive attack either. Like, it's like, I don't know. Also very true. But I mean, they got Caleb and Michael Jordan. They win, they win. They, oh, they deserve good. the respect. They have just a beautiful offense. They're all on the same yeah. page. They're able to overcome Jokic's defensive limitations with a system that everyone's committed to and the length of Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown and the athleticism of all those guys. Michael Porter Jr. is huge. He's huge. He's he's a legitimate 6'10 and has gotten so much better on defense. His progress there from even just a couple years ago is kind of crazy. And they just we have the pro- attitude. Denver, right we could now. probably cool it though by saying he's a good defender now. He's just no longer like the worst defender. <laughs> but we could probably cool it on like, oh, he's a good defender he, now. Like, right. I don't know. He's good in their scheme, right? He's able to they they like to bring Jokic up high and have guys help from yeah. the wings. He works and in he's good scheme, at yeah, he's good, good at being in the right spots good. at the right times. Yeah. I think they're they're doing a really good job. And I think that's one of the big factors. I wrote this in my story today on the athletic. Uh, about just them having Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Jokic being so big in the front court. And it feels yeah. like Miami's entire front court is just Bam out of bio, right? It's Bam, and then they got a whole bunch of guards running mm-hmm. around. And I think that's going to be the big test for Miami, where they were able to out-tough a lot of the teams they've played so far. I don't know if you can do that against the Nuggets just because they're so big. And then they're bringing Jeff Green off the bench, another big guy. Uh, so I think that's going to be a big test for them. But we know uh, the toughest dude in the whole playoffs is Jimmy Butler, right? So if you if you want to get into a tough matchup, then, then Jimmy's ready for all of that smoke. Yeah. Uh, so the, the one problem, yeah. though, is Bam on offense is not that tough. Bam has yeah, been shrinking on offense. You can't do that. Like, look, I think Jokic, I think actually Jokic has become a good defender. Like, he still has limitations, but it's it's almost in the that like sort of Brooke Lopez mode of like, yeah, you know that you can take advantage of this guy, but he plays it so smart that it, it rarely happens enough. To, I'm like, not putting him in the Brooke the Lopez category. I'm not no, saying no, 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 no Brooke no, Lopez. No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying in the sense of like I know what a you mean. dinosaur. Yeah. A dinosaur, big man. Like he's not as good as Brooke right. Lopez, but it's become like very workable to where I wouldn't say, Oh, Jokic is just like no longer the worst defender. It's like, yeah, I actually think he's a plus defender. Like he's good. Like he, he just, he knows how to do what he, what he does at this point. But Bam needs to get his ass shooting the ball in the mid range and going to the basket and trying to dunk on people because if he doesn't bring it on that end of the floor and make Jokic work, ooh, that shit on the other end is going to make look even worse. And here's the thing: they don't have any other options but Bam. I mean, they Cody they Zeller, were Kevin they don't want to put like, Cody Zeller no, like the Lakers. Even the Lakers last year is like, okay, we could put Rui and LeBron on him and have AD hanging out at the rim. The Heat can't even do that. I mean, what are you gonna put no. Kayla Martin on him? You're gonna put <laughs> like like who, are you gonna put Haywood Highsmith on him mm-hmm. and have Bam waiting at the rim? It's gotta be Bam out of bio. Now that's why yeah. I think it's exactly to your point. Of course, Jokic is gonna get him. Bam is not gonna stop Jokic, but Bam has to make Jokic work on the other end. Yeah. He's got to score. He's got 
to make Jokic actually defend and not just hang out under the rim while Bam is missing jumpers on the perimeter. Bam's got to be aggressive. He's got to mm-hmm. go get his shots because if if it's just Jokic dominating him on one end and just it's, chilling on the other so end, bad. it's going to get ugly. It's going to be ugly the anyway, o- but it's going to get even uglier. Another piece is can Miami's zone function against Jokic? And I don't think it can. Like that, that's such a tough dude to zone yeah. because he's so quick at processing everything where everybody is. And he's also just huge compared to the guys on the heat. Yep. Like he's I just d- enormous compared I d- to them. And if they play Kevin yeah. Love, <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's just probably a problem. I so don't think it's supposed gonna... to. Spolster will come up with something, though. Spolster yeah. Spolster. No, look, no, at you, look, at you, look at you, Shook. Um, <laughs> this is one thing, then we'll move on. Uh, the one thing that I'm annoyed with is immediately. Denver people were just like, well, you know, they're number one against the zone this year in the playoffs in the regular season. It's like, yeah, the, it's also like 2% of their possessions on offense, which also like they're so good against the zone. Why would you play zone against them? You can't. Exactly. But yeah. they didn't go against Miami's zone for those 200 and something possessions all season long. I do think Miami can disrupt with it, right? They're not going to go to it and have it solve things. But you just if you can disrupt that for a couple of minutes randomly throughout the series here and there in games maybe it gives you enough for your offense to catch up maybe but then again like i would not want to play zone against Jokic. he's going to pick that thing apart most of the time but you're just looking yeah. to like show them new looks and disrupt especially with small dudes everywhere like, very just, small dudes everywhere yeah. yes those <laughs> aaron gordon duckins yeah. those not, michael porter duckins yeah and not only can he pick you apart with his passing but he also never misses from anywhere which, which yeah, is yeah, another problem I mean, about look, playing zone. We Yogi. talked about it If before. he gets the free throw line, it's cash. If he gets inside and throws up some nonsense hook yeah. shot, it's cash. Tell, it's tell so Bam, t- we're not helping. You're going to eat these 50, and you better not get in foul trouble because we need you on the other end. And that's it. like Just Bam, whatever you do, don't let that man shoot a one-foot three-pointer. That thing is going in every <laughs> single time. Yeah. That make is a guarantee. Shoot, make him shoot a normal shot because the, 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 <laughs> the ones that are irregular, they just go in every time. All right, let's take a quick break. We come back. Changes coming in Boston? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back. Take three. What is next in Beantown? The Boston Celtics were sent packing on Monday night as they vomited, sprained, and bricked their way to a 103-84 loss in Boston to the Miami Heat. Celtics were a heavy favorite to win the series by almost everybody except one person. Uh, And then, you know, they found themselves down 0-3, and now they brought it back to Game 7, and Game 7 was a toughie for them. The Celtics are likely to lock themselves into this core by offering up Jalen Brown a massive deal. Supermax deal was like $290 million or whatever that's going to be. They don't really 
have a lot of better options. So I don't know if you could blame them. But Jay, what changes can they make and what should they make to push this team closer to a title? The thing that jumps out to me, first of all, Joe Missoula will get better. Assuming yeah. they keep him and he has a lot of money still left on his contract. He had a pr- I thought he I thought he did a really good job of keeping the locker room together, keeping the staff together after the Ime Udoka scandal at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. It was a really tough job. They didn't always make it look tough because they kind of just got through everything, had a really good regular season, but there were a lot of issues that that Missoula had to iron out. So I think he'll come back and and learn a lot from this and be a lot better. He was just 34 years old going through a lot of stuff for the first time. He wasn't even in the front row of the bench as an assistant last season. So I think that that's the first part. And then from there, you need your, your best players to get better. And to, to me, that's the lesson of the last two playoff exits is the finals last year, Jason Tatum had a miserable time against a disciplined, connected Warriors defense, and Stephen Curry was awesome. And the gap between them was so big that the Celtics could not overcome it. This season, I thought Tatum had a really good series until the ankle injury in Game 7, mm-hmm. but Jalen Brown, his decision-making and his his – eagerness to force things when the Miami Heat take a lot of that stuff away and you really need to against them be patient draw the help and move the basketball and he didn't do that enough and so to me no matter what happens around those guys a lot comes down to at the highest level of basketball against the smartest teams and the smartest coaches can those two guys figure it out and with the CBA, it's going to get tougher to keep yeah. the supporting cast as as powerful as it was this season. And especially once Jalen's extension kicks in, when Tatum's extension kicks in after that, it's going to be like just a lot of money committed to those two guys. And they're just going to need to be better. Like Al Horford's going to be 37 next season. Robert Williams, always injury prone. Grant Williams... He's a free agent this summer. Who knows if he's going to stay or or go? And so there's just there's a lot of uncertainty around those guys, and enough that I think a lot of the burden just comes on them taking their game to the next level. And I I don't think it's fair to say they need to split them up or anything like that. Those guys have won a lot of basketball games. They've I mean, that talk is just coast- dumb, Jay. It's just dumb. Yeah, they've done it as co-stars. They've done it as the two leading guys. They've done it since they stepped into the league, they've just been a part of great teams. And I think that's largely because of how good they are and they fit well together, but they just against like the very best of the best, their offense has come up short the last couple of years and they just need to continue working that out and, and take it to the next level. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about them needing a real point guard, them needing to add a veteran coach to help Joe Missoula. And to a certain extent, I agree with both of those points. But I mostly I agree with what Jay said is that it's going to be on Tatum and Brown. Those guys got to get better. They got to be more prepared for playoff basketball. And, you know, with with Tatum, I think it reminds – not that I'm calling him this level of player, but it reminds me a lot of LeBron when he was – his first couple years in Miami where he kind of got exposed by Dallas 
and you know he was kind of wanting to play against like a point guard while they were putting JJ Barea on him. And when I was watching Tatum during that Miami series, a lot of time I was like, Tatum, just catch the ball in the mid post and just be bigger than everybody else. It seems like a lot of the times he gets those turnovers where he's dribbling at the top of the key through the legs. He's trying to look like a point guard. He's trying to play like LeBron or Luca. And I just want him to be big on the post. Get easier shots. Stop relying so much on his three pointers. And for Jalen Brown, you got to be able to dribble with your left hand, my man. I mean, there's a clip going around on Twitter right now where literally every time the ball is in his left hand, the Miami Heat defenders are just diving at it. Like they're yeah. just like no respect for his left hand whatsoever. You got to be able to dribble the ball and not have teams just disrespect you the way the Heat were at the end of that series. Especially, I think it really got exposed in game seven where Tatum was hurt and they needed Jalen Brown to create more yeah. for everybody else than he's used to. And he just couldn't. He just kept turning the ball over eight turnovers in the biggest game of the season. Uh, he's got to be able to just tighten up his handle and just be more reliant as a creator and not just a when I have the ball, I'm shooting it every single time type of guy. But I think the big one, I think uh, in particular, I think it's just Tatum just being able to get easier shots uh, in postseason games where the game slows down, where you start to play the best defenses. I feel like he's so perimeter oriented. And he shouldn't be because when you see this guy in person, he is big as hell, man. Like Tatum 6'10, is, man. He like, is huge. Yeah. And there's no reason for him to be spending so much time behind the three-point line in these big playoff games. Look at where Jimmy Butler's operating in these playoff mm-hmm. games. He's not jacking up eight threes in these big games. He's getting the ball on the block. He's saying, you're smaller than me. I'm getting to the free throw line or I'm getting to the rim. And Jason Tatum should be doing the same thing. So I think for Boston, you just need your best players to be better, especially for the reasons Jay said, where they're going to be eating up more cap space probably than any other duo in the league soon. Mm -hmm. So it's on them even more now to get better, to be able to carry them in this big these big playoff games. And it's about adjusting, and it's about learning from the Miami Heat in that you got to know how to play in playoff games. Doing what the Celtics do, shooting 40, 45 three-pointers every game, that's a good way to win 50, 55 games in a regular season, but that's not the path to winning in these big playoff games. It's about getting easy shots, getting to the free throw line, taking advantage of mismatches, and that's not what Boston has done a good enough job of these past two seasons. You're 6'10". Go be 6'10". Like that's like Michael Sometimes. Porter Jr. Just, just like that. All right, coming up after the break, end of an era in the Bay. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Take four. Bye, Bobby. Bob Myers out as GM and president of basketball operations for the Golden State Warriors. As he announced on Tuesday, he is stepping down from the role. If you are an athletic subscriber, no shock to you at all. We've been on this one for months. With that said, also, well, real quick, that press conference with Joe Lacob and him was weird. Weird. It, it was amazing. Work him every day the rest of the month, and he's like his fifth child to him, and every like it was like, I'm like I'm just a weird dude, man. I, I go watch it. You just gotta go watch it. Or go, Light years like, ahead. Yeah, go check out Sam Espendiari's Twitter feed because he was all over that one. With that said, how does this impact the Warriors moving forward? It is believed that Mike Dunleavy Jr. will be tabbed as the replacement. Will the core stay together? Can they trade Jordan Poole? Will ownership steer the ship in the right direction? Will, is this the beginning of the end of this iteration of the Warriors? I mean, I think with or without Bob Myers, we were nearing the end. I mean, these guys aren't getting any younger, right? They're all in their 30s, mid-30s. So we only expected them to have maybe two or three more years with this core together playing at a championship level. But I do think with the Warriors, what makes them so interesting is that uh, they are they have a lot of big personalities in that building. And Bob yeah. Myers seemed like a guy who was able to keep everyone together, you know, through some of the Draymond blowups. Through the Jordan Poole punch situation, uh, through Clay Thompson disappearing during off seasons, uh, Steve Kerr can be a hothead at times. I think you needed Bob Myers there to kind of be the uniter, to be the guy who would say, Hey, I've been here since the beginning. I understand you guys. I understand how to get everybody on the same page. And I think it's going to be a lot on Mike Dunleavy, especially, I mean, let's just say it with Draymond Green. Draymond mm-hmm. is a guy who can be really difficult to handle at times. And, and he also can might blow not be up. there. 
and he, he might not be there, yeah. and he might be upset about his contract situation next mm-hmm. year. So I think it's it's a very delicate situation you're dealing with uh, there in Golden State, and we throw in uh, Poole and Kaminga, two young guys who are uncertain about their future, who mm-hmm. might want to be out, who might want to go somewhere where they can you know show off their talents a little bit more. So I think it's a very delicate situation to deal with in Golden State. By Myers has done a masterful job of that over the past couple of years, and I think it's going to be a lot of stress on Mike Dunleavy. Basketball, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, Steve Kerr, they can figure that out. They'll be mm-hmm. fine on the court. I think what the worry is, there's that constant off the court. We know there's going to be some drama with that team. Somebody's going to blow up. Somebody's going to have an interview that goes viral, and they've got to find a way to be able to deal with that behind the scenes where it's not just Draymond popping off on his podcast <laughs> the way we know he's used to. Somebody's got to be able to handle stuff behind closed doors. And I, it's going to be a lot on Mike Dunleavy to handle that now. Jay, what, what do you think is the next move for the Warriors just in terms of do they shake it up? Do they trust the young guys? Do they keep it all together? Like, what what do you think is going to happen? They've got to make a decision on Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. That's next. Like, do you Clay keep Thompson Draymond? too, right? Like. I guess Clay was not that good, and he's—I mean—he's getting forty next year. Uh, he's yeah. good during the regular a, season, I would say. A, as long as Steph is playing at an MVP type level, and he did this past season, whenever he was on the court, you need to try to make it work. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr has come out and said this doesn't work without Draymond. We're not a contender without Draymond. So obviously, you—you you know what he wants to do. They need to figure out the Jordan Poole situation. Can he get back to the level he was last season mm-hmm. versus the mess he was really all season long? And, and it didn't really show up that much until the playoffs, but he was not the same player. He did not play with the same intent. He did not play with the same team mindset this season. Yeah. And it seemed like a, a frustrated, splintered team about his play from, from the punch on. So... Then they need to get more size on the perimeter. Like there's a lot. There's a lot this team needs. There, there's a lot. Yeah, this they team go about needs to four deep, out. man. Maybe maybe it's more if you like trust Kuminga and Moody and everything. But like they go about four deep right now. Yeah, there's just so many guys to make a decision on, right? Yeah. Like, do you clear the path for Kuminga to play because he wasn't ready this year? Kerr decided he was so unready that he was playing just six two guys at power forward during yeah. the playoffs when they desperately yep. needed size and athleticism. So, is Kaminga the guy? Is Poole the guy? Dunleavy is going to step into a, a a team that he could take in a lot of different directions, and his vision for it all is going to be really, really important because I don't think there are obvious answers to a lot of those questions. I do love Joe Lacob saying, we don't care what the rules are. We're going to do what we need to do. I'm like, well, that's not <laughs> maybe something I put on wax. Like, that's. that's yeah, not. for sure. But I think, you know, I, I, for me, as an outsider looking at it, I would be shocked if Jordan Poole's on that team next year. Just because I think with the new reality, the CBA, I mean, Jay knows this with that Grant, Grant Williams situation with Boston. I will throw DeAndre Ayton in this conversation mm-hmm. as well. I think it's going to be really hard to exist in the world with this new CBA where your fourth, fifth best player is making $30 million. You got to be able to break that up into two, three guys instead of paying somebody off of your bench. $30 million. And I think that's going to be tough for them. Uh, and right now, I think it's probably the worst time to trade Jordan Poole. His, his trade value has probably never been 
and lower. Mm. Uh, but I think just the reality moving forward, like y'all said, they just don't have the depth. Uh, their players are older. We know Steph isn't going to play 82 games. We know Draymond, Clay, they're going to take time off. So you're going to need guys off the bench to come in and contribute. And it's just going to be a tough reality for them moving forward. And I think for a lot of these contending teams where you want to pay your role players who help you get there, but it's tough to exist in the world again when your fourth, fifth best players make thirty million dollars. Hey, internet, it's stop deep. trying to put Jordan Poole on the Orlando Magic, okay? I, my beloved Orlando Magic that I like, I just <laughs> want to watch time in and time again. Like, I, I don't want that. I'm good. Stop doing that. Orlando's a great spot for a pool party. Why not? <laughs> the uh, Steve Kerr said something interesting. If Jay had said that, season. we would have ended the pod. All right, <laughs> just even with one more second, we would have ended that shit right now. Just so you know. <laughs> Steve Kerr said something interesting after the season. And I forget where I saw it, but he said that Clay needs to basically adjust his game because mm-hmm. he's not the same guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem, right? Yeah. Like, that's a problem because Clay didn't do that this year. Too many times he forced his shot and, and looked to be the old Clay. It's a problem because they need Clay to be Clay. Even in the, the finals last season when he was just coming back from the injury. He was able to dig deep and give them some great basketball, two-way basketball in that series. They, I don't know how much it impacts them and whether they can still win rings if Clay isn't Clay anymore. Well, next year it hurts because he's getting like 40-plus, right? After that, mm. if he's taking that Andrew Wiggins discount, then maybe it's not so bad. Right. But that's asking a lot. And that's a tough thing to say as an organization. We need you to take a huge discount after you've won Not four rings. Not that good anymore. Yeah. yeah you're that's four, a tough conversation to have. Mike Dudley, you know Mike Mike Dudley, Dudley be stepping into some stuff. That's what the money's for, for you to say Bob those conversations. Myers, yeah, buddy. Bob Myers, I'll tell you what, he left at the right time because oh, yeah, he he's, yeah. he's not going to be the guy to make a decision on when to end this run. He's not no. going to be the guy to he's, tell Clay. Sorry, man, we got to cut your contract way down. He's not going to be the guy to be stuck with that entire mess. He just gets to leave, sk- skate away with he, his no, four he championships. Gets to, he gets to answer a phone and say, I'm sorry, what was that, Mr. Bomber? You want to pay me how much? He gets to go podcast twice a week or once I a week. I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was, but I saw a tweet saying, we should have known it was over when he started a podcast midseason. And that's a great <laughs> sign that things are probably ending for your lead executive. Well, the Very good news true. is if you want to go to a non-stressful situation, the Clippers are it, right? There's the no stress that. going on in L.A. It's easy going out there. Everybody's just taking every game off, so you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, you got nothing to worry about at all. All right, take five, finals prediction time, boys. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Will, who do you have winning the NBA Finals? How many games? Who's your Finals MVP? What's the matchup that determines the outcome? I have the Nuggets winning in six games. I just want to see the Jokic Bros party in South Beach. So that's my selfish uh, reason behind that. Uh, this may shock you. I have Nikola Jokic winning MVP. What? And like I, and like I mentioned before, I think the big matchup is going to be Jokic. (laughs) <laughs> I think the big matchup is going to be Jokic versus Bam. I think the Heat don't have any other options mm-hmm. other than Bam to throw at him. Bam has to take on that matchup. It's going to be a lot of stress on him. And I think Jokic is just too great to have one guy defend him the same way for an entire series, especially when that guy is probably a little undersized 
against him. Uh, so, yeah, I think Denver pulls it off. The nerds are throwing their calculators in the air in celebration. And uh, the Jokic bros are going to break South Beach. And I can't oh, wait. No, I, I don't want to be anywhere near South Beach when the Jokic bros <laughs> are there celebrating. Jay, who wins? How many games? Finals MVP. What's the matchup? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. No matter how many times the Heat teach me to take them and never doubt them, I cannot trust them to win this matchup. It's going to be Denver in six. It's going to be Denver in six. Jokic is going to just pick them apart. Murray... They're not going to be able to slow him down too much. I just don't see how they can do it. I don't. <laughs> they're they're going to make me look so stupid. Mm-hmm. I know it. I know it. I know Caleb Martin will probably average like 25 points a game on 70% shooting. And Jimmy will have 48 in one game and foul out Jokic in 25 minutes. And Spolster will be up there wearing his his finals championship T-shirt, talking about the lessons he's going to teach his kids about perseverance from this season. But me, no matter how many times they teach me to buy in, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't. can't. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> all right, my turn. There are times where you have to look at yourself in the mirror and wonder. Do you have conviction or not, right? And I like to think of myself as someone who has conviction. And then I look at every matchup in this series, and I'm just like, no, they got no answer for Jokic. Um, I, I oddly enough do think, this is going to sound stupid, and maybe you can clip this, and it's going to end up looking even dumber. I actually think you can kind of take advantage of Aaron Gordon with Kevin Love on both ends of the floor of just like, he's just in the way. I would make him shoot corner threes all fucking day. Like, oh, you want to beat us with threes? Okay, we'll yeah. stand in that corner. Kevin Love's going to be right here taking a charge. Right? Like, he's going to be right here. He, he re- he'll help them on the boards, assuming Denver misses. Um, he throws outlet passes. He spreads Denver the floor, which, made, be which means so Aaron mad. Gordon can't Denver help down. Denver going to be so mad. Oh, fuck it. Who cares? They're always mad at me anyway. Um, yeah. Like I said, already. Turn on, turn on. Look, it's gonna Kevin be Love is going to get a DMP again. He also, yeah, he also may not fucking play. I don't know. I just, in my head, it like makes sense where I'm like, I can see like that being something that Spolsha pulls. And we're like, Spolsha's done it again. How did that happen? There is no stopping Jokic in this series. There's no stopping Jokic in any series in this playoffs, but especially this one. They don't have the size. Jamal Murray is playing, I think, better basketball than even the bubble. I know the numbers are not saying that, but in the sense of like his decision-making on both ends of the floor, phenomenal. And he doesn't have the whatever the adjusted numbers are that the bubble and no fans and all that stuff would would help your numbers. At. Like he's He's playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. Like in front of crowds, I guess I should say he's been unbelievable. Um, Bruce Brown, I like once they got Bruce Brown and KCP, I started taking them seriously as a contender uh, because that is like those are just guys that I want as role players on my team. And so, unfortunately, everything tells me that the Denver Nuggets are going to win this series. However, and yet, however, yeah, I believe in heat culture. I believe in Jimmy Butler. I don't believe in Bam Adebayo. I don't believe in half these role players anymore. I just—it's Jimmy and it's Caleb Martin and it's Gabe Vincent and, and uh, I, Kevin Love. I guess I, don't, I still don't know why I said that or why that's in my head. But Kevin Love, I guess uh, if he if he actually plays, Tyler um, Hero. 
I would if I was Jimmy, I would break Tyler Hero's hand again. I would just I would I don't think look, I don't think that's a good idea in this series. Um you know what the reason was? I was actually gonna pick Denver and like surprise everybody, like, oh he went against the heat. And then Jay picked Denver. And whenever mm. Jay doubts the heat, they come through. So Denver, don't come for me. Go after that guy. That guy right there in the box. I don't know if that's showing up on the screen, but the guy I'm pointing to in my in my Zoom setup is Jay King. Go after that guy because he picked against the Heat, so I'm picking the Heat because that tends to work out uh, for me. Except yeah, that time they got swept in the first round against the Bucks and uh, Bryn Forbes out. You know what, Jimmy Butler? You you talk about conviction. It doesn't sound like you have any conviction. It sounds like you are oh, really are couching your pick. You you are out here blaming it on me instead of instead of saying it yourself. You're you're saying that one of the biggest reasons is that Kevin Love. I know it sounds dumb, doesn't it? It sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just what, what, like what a wild thing to say in 2023. What a wild, like just doesn't make any sense. You don't um, sound like a man with conviction. I'm not gonna lie. I painted a picture of misdirection, Jay. I'm always picking the heat. Are you kidding me? It's heat culture all day, every day. Jimmy Butler's going to yell, I fucking own you. And he's going to give timeout signals. And he's going to, you know, guarantee. Like, he guarantee. You know what? At two and five this season, he told J- Sam Amick, we're winning the fucking championship. I believe him. I believe in Jimmy Butler. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see Jay and Will's reaction when I said <laughs> Kevin Love take advantage of Subscribe to the bounce, but what I really might happen after well, game one when Kevin Love does not play or he gets torched by Aaron Gordon on both ends of the floor. Uh, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic, the best coverage of the NBA finals for you at theathletic.com. For Will, for Jay, for Schlecht, I'm Zach. Uh, good luck, Kevin Love. Kevin Love Hive, stand up. We're here. Both, both of you. <laughs> That, that was probably the wildest prediction we've ever had, but it might come true. Honestly. Oh, man. It just sounds like a dumb thing to say.